Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily, everybody. Trevor Hall here with a corporate update from Defiant Silver. It's been some time since we've heard from Defiant Silver, but a better time now than ever because they put out news yesterday about a new blind silver discovery, actually a whole silver system, they said, at its Lucita project on the overall Zacatecas silver project there in Mexico. Here for the commentary is Doug Cavey. Doug, good morning to you, my friend. How are you? Good morning. Well, thank you. I've been in back-to-back meetings with our fine friends at the Red Cloud Conference since five in the morning, so I'm <laughs> starting to wear. I'm starting to wear out at uh, twenty after eight, but uh, things are good. Thank you for asking. Uh, appreciate you giving us some time. I know it has been a busy day here, but this is a really important uh, exploration update out of Defiance. Uh, tell us more about this blind interval at depth you found from hole 10. Uh, multiple results over 100 grams per ton silver throughout this hole, but really what you found was towards, it looks like towards the end of the hole here of about 50 meters um, of weighted average of just under 60 grams per ton silver. So this is uh, really quite spectacular and really opens up the book here. Yeah, certainly. It did catch us a little bit off guard, we'll sort of say, I guess. the This type of um, style, well, this style of mineralization is not too uncommon in the district. These systems have kind of multiple styles and multiple phases of mineralization. And some like to play nice with other units and some like to play nice with some units. And, and that's what we see over at Fresno. And that's what we see at uh, Cozumel and in the Elbote part of the district. And then, of course, with, with what we've seen here at Lucita. So it does have uh, a, a very positive exploration implication for us because it is quite wide, quite anomalous. And there are individual intervals up to a gram gold and 700 grams per ton silver. So it is quite well mineralized in places. And it it sort of represents more of a regional target because we were looking for these more vertical veins and these vertical veins, you see similar mineralization show up in this big contact at the bottom of that drill hole. And you're right, that, that drill hole actually ended in 30 grams per ton silver. So there is still anomalous mineralization at depth. Um, but it looks like those vertical veins might actually be shedding off of this. I'm hesitant to use the word feeder system, but m- what might be kind of one of the controlling structures of moving fluids through the district. And it is quite big, it's mappable, and then these vertical veins actually follow that mapped contact at depth. And if you look on our press release, we do have a cross-section through there. And not only can you see that hole 10 is quite well mineralized with good intercepts, but we drilled hole nine too short. And so we'll be following up with another hole over there and just testing to see if this thing actually does follow the behavior of, of the uh, of the fault system at depth. Oh, with this new blind discovery, what was the, what was the depth? Where, where did it start out in your drill hole? Well, we started picking up sniffs of mineralization higher up in the hole when we started hitting those vertical veins. And uh, they did have that kind of characteristic of a higher level type of mineralization. And then I think it was about 350 or 360 meters. We started to see that uh, that mineralization show up. And it was it did pack pretty good punch right right out of the gates. And then you're just kind of in and out of different styles of mineralization. You might, you know, call it manto or you might call it manto and veins. It's just sort of like this kind of mixing zone of, of multiple pulses of mineralization or almost styles of mineralization. And I think it runs down to like 420 or 425 meters right to the end of the hole. Um, how strong it is at the end of the hole, I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, you have a mine at depth there. We did, I did look at the bottom of the hole. I wouldn't say that like, oh, it's clearly, you know, you just got to keep going in the system. But 
we can see that it is following a, you know, it is following the characteristics of the regional structures in the area. And if, if that pans out, we do have most of that covered with our license area. So we can test it and, and maybe uh, it, it'll pan up to be something quite significant in, you know, world-class mining mm-hmm. jurisdiction. How, do, how does, Doug, how does this go and change about your, your drilling strategy here for the rest of the year? Or have you made thoughts in, 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 in testing this structure at depth or are you kind of waiting to, to kind of play out, see how the rest of the drilling goes this summer? It's not going to change our exploration focus at all. We, we follow the same approach to every drill hole. They get ranked. We target them. We drill them. We test them. We take the information that's from that hole. We digest it and plan follow-up drill holes. Certainly, the system has shown to us to have both strength and grade across the, the whole Palenque system. We see up to three kilograms per ton of silver, We're seeing high gold grades, very little base metals, which is showing that we're probably higher up in the system. So there is that uh, depth potential to it, near surface high grade veins, and then these deeper, uh, maybe replacement or these mineralized, these contact style mineralization. Um, but we have to drill our best targets first, and it's going to take time to digest it. But fortunately, we do have uh, both permits capital strong treasury position operating partnership with major drilling and the veda grande resource area which we have been you know drilling uh, as as we've spoken about before testing it at depth testing it along strike just figuring out how big is that mineralized envelope at veda grande and i think what you're going to see is a bit of leapfrogging back and forth over top of that uh, toll highway so that we can uh, test the lucita structure but test it properly test it so you're not just lobbing money we're not in in the best market right now and we have a strong treasury and it'd be nice to see that treasury adequately move our projects forward for mm-hmm. as long as possible. Do you have any other drill holes planned around this hole 10 uh, to where you will now maybe extend that drill hole deeper than maybe originally anticipated? Uh, certainly extending hole nine deeper to the target depth of hole 10 um, to test that structure because it is it does project right down into that contact zone. And then, you know, let's see what happens there. And if it's still, you know, mineralized over there, then that's that's quite a big, you know, that's quite a big system that we think is uh, has the potential to, you know, build up volume. But first, you know, let's just be slow and steady and not get the cart before the horse and, and test it where we know that we're going to have some, you know, at least geological or technical success, like in that whole nine, just extending it so that we're on the same section. And we're just moving the drill further to the north. But maybe these vertical veins that we have all over the central Lucita land package is are those actually coming off of a, a different body at depth? And, and that's probably where we're going to start to think, but just keep working it up in the methodical fashion. Um, we have lots of work to do at Veda Grande still. We've got a trenching program we're about to start. We're going to get drilling back going in the Veda Grande area. And like I said, just kind of leapfrogging back and forth as we need to test it. I think it's important to remember that we're talking of a vertical distance of three kilometers between these two targets, the Veda Grande and the Lucita property. So you could drive between them in five to 10 minutes. Um, it's easy to move the drill over there. It's a track mounted drill. You're driving on roads the whole way. So um, we can kind of leapfrog it back and forth, but just, you know, work up, test the best targets first. That's uh, your greatest chance of success. Uh, Doug, you, this is blind discovery. You said you, you did say it kind of caught you by surprise, uh, obviously a very welcome surprise. Uh, you know, the, this this industry is just ridden with one, some of those unexpected surprises that really changes projects around uh, for the better. And we, it, there's numerous examples of that. Uh, you know, t- tell me about, you know, walk me through how this drilling was occurring in real time. What information were you getting from the drillers was there a time where you were just saying keep going keep going keep going let's not stop because the course continues to look so good can you kind of walk us through that story of that time 
yeah, and and certainly like I, I'm I, I can't take the credit for that at all. I think it really needs to go down to the people who are logging the core daily, the mapping team, just you know people who are looking at the core and getting their eyes on it as quick as possible as it comes out of the rig. Um, we went into this district looking at the Palenque vein system as being these kind of vertical veins, which are quite typical around Zacatecas. And we were successful in drilling those in the eastern half, which is the first set of results that we put out where they were up to three kilograms per ton silver. Um, but what caught us by surprise is that, or not by surprise, but why we kept drilling that hole was that we got to those veins as they were projected, but the alteration, the hydrothermal alteration, like you're still in a package of mineralization at depth. So we're not going to end the drill hole at the cost per meter in Zacatecas is $108 per meter. Um, we're not going to end the drill hole when we're in hydrothermal alteration with visible mineralization. And so it just kept going there. Um, you know, we probably could have extended hole nine to the target depth. We didn't, we got out of those veins in hole nine. So now it becomes even more conceptual. So now that that's been supported with the hole 10, we'll, we'll be a little bit more, I think, liberal with our drill holes moving into the north. Okay, very good. Uh, I, I do want to follow up here on, on reporting going forward uh, on the back of this uh, this result of uh, a drill hole 12. Uh, it did report some pretty interesting mineralization. Uh, it was 0.28 meters, so short interval, but really high-grade silver, uh, 86.3 grams per ton silver. But there was 2.6% lead and 8% zinc. Uh, so it's interesting mineralization compared to, a, you know, basically, you know, the silver exploration you've been going after, but I'm curious you know, w with this and moving forward. And you also, obviously you're getting some good gold grades out of, out of your continued drilling. Do you change your reporting to maybe step foot in that, uh, those shaky waters of silver equivalent moving forward, or will you consider, or, or will you just kind of stick with, uh, you know, the basic metals, the basic metals reporting? Well, your friend uh, Kai Hoffman asked me the same question yesterday. Okay. Um, yeah, no, what what it is, I, I think we're kind of of the opinion with silver equivalent, like the Veda Grande system has a lot of information on how it responds to metallurgy and what the, you know, the mine netbacks are effectively going to be. And mine netbacks are very different from a gold and silver primary system and how you process it and what kind of product down, you know, after your milling facility, what kind of product you make. Typically, you're pouring a gold bar or a dore bar. And so you get a lot more money back when you do produce a gold silver dore bar. So using that gold silver equipment is probably something that's a little bit more comfortable. But then as soon as you throw in base metals into that kind of a equation and trying to create, and we have done that with the Veda Grande because we do know that the base metals respond in, in, in certain types of uh, a conventional mining uh, method or milling methods because our next door neighbor did it until 2018 on the same system. So we're a little more comfortable in, in what you can do with the base metals, but it's early days over at Lucita. Um, we're, we don't have any metallurgy on it. There's no historical mining information on that part of the district. So for now, we're comfortable with the assay methodology for gold and silver. Pretty easy to just do a back of the envelope gold silver equivalent on that kind of stuff, you know, whatever the ratio is on of any given day. And then once we get the project a little further along and have a little bit of metallurgy, I think that's when you can start to include those silver equivalent or base metals in your silver equivalent, silver equivalent because they can be the best thing ever because you're looking at the concentrate that you're making off the mine, or they can be the worst thing ever because you're making up a concentrate that's coming off your mm -hmm. speculative. Uh, let's, let me ask you about the movement in the share price. Uh, if you caught the bottom and uh, ran it up to these uh, – latest highs, you almost doubled your money here. Uh, it shows you about the strength of silver. I mean, things were just getting so oversold, uh, generally in junior exploration markets, but some of the silver juniors compared to the silver price were just getting absolutely ridiculous. Uh, tell us about if what you know about the, the buying coming in, technical 
technical trades, technical buying, big shareholders coming in. What do we know about this? Well, first things first, insiders have come in in pretty significant ways over the last uh, last little while. And then just being in the market, I unfortunately had drill results in my hands, so I was not able to participate on as much of a deal I felt it was. But the fundamentals of the story are pretty good. You have a strong treasury position, so we're not going to have to go back to market and take some different deal that we don't need to uh, you know, dilute our shareholders. And, and we're just trying to look out for that. But Defiance typically has, it's a well-known company, well-known name, very well-known jurisdiction. We've really uh, supported what that could be in terms of a pipeline with our Lucita and Legartos acquisitions in the district. And so if you look over the kind of the history of the company, it does have this traditional torque to the silver price or the underlying commodity price. And it does trade when silver trades. It's a, it's a common name. And, and we've worked really hard over the last two years to get that name out so that we've been marketing a lot. We're seeing a lot of different shareholders. We're seeing a diversification of both the country and the type of shareholder that we're, uh, we've been meeting with and that have been uh, participating and supporting um, our, our stock and our, our story. And so uh, you're right. If you got in and you picked the bottom, there has been a significant rise. But I'm, I'm not convinced that uh, the whole sector is out of the, you know, out of the rough patches yet. And, um, mm -hmm. and when the sector goes, I think that Defiance is a, is a good name to look at because of the tradition of the way it trades. But just the fundamentals, the asset classes, the asset base, the team, and then the treasury position. So I think that is lending a, a bit of flavor to the uh, to the trading right now, because unfortunately, there's companies that are going to have to take whatever you know transactions they can or whatever kind of deals they can to put money in the treasury to keep up with their work. And some of those companies have remarkably uh, good assets right now, too. So that's right. All right, Doug. Pleasure, uh, pleasure speaking with you and getting this update out of Defiance Silver. I'm pretty sure you and I are scheduled for another update in about a month's time at Beaver Creek. Uh, assuming for those of uh, those of you out there listening to this update and interested in getting a meeting uh, with Defiance Silver, either at Beaver Creek or you know, or virtual, I guess uh, you can make yourself available, Doug. Uh, but thanks again so much for your time. Good luck. Likewise, thank you. We'll see you in uh, Denver or. Yeah. Beaver Creek. <laughs> All right, that's your update from Defiant Silver. They trade on the TSX Venture with DEF and on the OTCQX with DNCVF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.